Cade Cunningham put up a battle, but the Nuggets get the dub in the Motor City. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. I am Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. He is Adam Mares. He's the director of content for DMVR, thedmvr.com. Check out the DMVR bar at... What's the address? I don't know. You don't Colfax, know the address. Colfax in New York. What are you doing? Colfax in New York. Good Lord, man. Good Lord, man. You know what? Take, Honestly, take, it's not a funny thing. This is real, Matt. So it's the same with like phone numbers. You don't know anybody's phone number anymore. You just don't learn it. You just have a phone that has everybody's. And it's the right. same with addresses. It's like, oh, I know where that is. It's in my phone. I just put it in if I need to go there or tell somebody. Okay, the official so, address is down the, big, the, down the big road at the corner of cor- the two things. Colfax um, in New York, major cross streets. You know where it is. By the way, people uh, should the Saturday big party. My wife was living in Denver. I was living in Austin when I got with her, and she was living just off of Colfax, and so just down the street uh, from the church. So hmm. I am, I am, I'm always delighted whenever I get to see Colfax. <laughs> the Nuggets went to Detroit, started their road trip off right, and as. Uh, I, I told you the second one was going to be hard, and it was mostly because the Nuggets made it very hard on themselves. But the Nuggets get the win, one ten, one oh five. Adam, yeah, man, <laughs> this one was no more difficult than the first one. In fact, it was a it was a bigger blowout than the first one. So I don't know, uh, I don't really know what to make of that. And and it's funny that you even say it was hard because this is always easy with hindsight. It's not that you weren't sweating this game. If you're a Nuggets fan watching it, but Jokic just was in such control that I never felt real pressure. I always felt like, you know what, if it's going to come push, come to shove, I feel like Jokic can kind of pull this one out um, because of how comfortable he looked tonight. But nonetheless, it was unnecessarily close uh, or at least felt like it was unnecessarily close. Thanks to 25 turnovers by your Denver Nuggets. In this one, they had a real problem hanging on to the ball. Kate Cunningham was fantastic in this game outside of the turnovers. Uh, 34 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals, four blocks, including a spectacular one on Aaron Gordon in transition. 14 of 26 and six of nine. Nice for Kate Cunningham from three. But the MVP was the MVP with 28 points, 21 boards, 28 and 20. Uh, 28, 21 boards, nine assists, one assist shy of the triple double for Jokic, uh, one steal and a plus 14 in a very tidy 34 minutes of action. Uh, Joker. And I'll say this, like the Jeff green had a good game. I thought Aaron Gordon had a good game. None of the guards had a good game and it didn't matter because the Nuggets had Jokic. I mean, that really was what it came down to. And it's, as much as Jokic is incredible, we've seen this all the time, and the Pistons are 11-36 and 36 and missing some of their better players. So this is one of those games where sometimes having that guy is good enough, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Despite the fact that, to your point, Kate Cunningham was really impressed. I thought he was impressive in the first game, you know, like regular impressive, but this was one where you kind of saw, and maybe it's just the three-point shot. I mean, the three. I mean, he had 18 points on three-point. Half of his points today were on three-pointers, and he was making some really tough ones. 
Um, yeah. but that's, but that's it. I mean, when you have the passing, you have the size, you have the feel for the game, you have the defense, you have all those other things, you know, if you hit threes, then you're a super, a super duper star. And that's what he looked like tonight. At least one in training. Can I credit another piston just because like, this was a pretty boilerplate nuggets win, like they were the better team and didn't their storylines, their storylines we'll get into the nuggets, but sure. I want to hear who, what other piston you were impressed by. I really like Sadiq Bay. I really like Sadiq Bay. Uh, I watched him in the first game of the season and he had a terrible shooting line, but the shots that he took were all like really high quality. Even when the, they were contested, it was like, Oh, that was a good shot. Like he worked to get himself into a, like a good position. Um, mm-hmm. Sadiq Bay tonight with 21 points on eight of 17 shooting three of six from three. Um, just, I, I like Sadiq Bay. I think, do you think I, the Pistons are building something? Ooh, like they've got Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, and then, like, those guys – and even Isaiah Stewart is like – I mean, I don't know. So, really, you've got Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, and then you've got a bunch of guys that are like, okay, like Amadou Diallo, okay? you got Killian Hayes, you know. I don't – I don't know. I can't. I mean, I like Isaiah Stewart. Stewart. I like Isaiah Stewart. I think Isaiah Stewart's got no shot versus Joker, but, you know, who does? But that's what I mean. Um, like, when we're talking about building a team, Isaiah Stewart can be your center if he's, like, your fifth best starter. I mean, he's good. Right, he's right. Solid. I mean – I mean, they're, you know, they're going to wind up with another, you know, if they get Chet or Paolo or they, they get, I mean, if they get Jabari, who I think is number going to be the number one pick, um, they will have something like Jabari and Cade is a terrifying combination. Yeah. Jabari Smith. That's, that's, that's a terrifying com- combination, but um, you know, and look, here's the other question is what are they going to get in exchange uh, for the player that turned down the nuggets so that he could go be a star. And now he's probably going to get traded somewhere where he needs to be a role player no, he but he came out, or at least it's being reported he's not interested, which is another thing that's that's kind of interesting. I asked this on the DNVR Nuggets pregame show that I wonder if the tide is turning at all. Like I see James Harden, the rumor now that maybe he didn't enjoy this Brooklyn stint with the, the big three. And I'm just wondering if players are now, if this idea of the super team is losing a little bit of its luster of like, hey man, sometimes too much of that is actually not that cool. It's actually more annoying yeah. than you might think. I mean, Katie had yeah, a miserable time in Golden State other than winning championships, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I think I think some of this has to do with, you know, um, are, are your teammates on the same wavelength as you? You know, yeah, and that's one of the, sure. I will say, I will say that I think that's one of the things that Detroit's going to have going for them because we've kind of made the comparison of Joker and, and Kate a little bit. Like somebody in the comments made that comment too. Um, I was both being like smart players that impact the game on multiple levels. And I think that that's part of it. Like Cade, I think genuinely seems to love basketball. Like yeah. Cade seems very, Cade seems very about the right things. And Joker I think that's right probably things. right. I think that's probably right. One thing I, I'm, it's funny watching Cade because so many people make the Luca comparison and I don't know if that's like, he's his own player and mm, Luca no. so special that I don't think it's fair, but I would say, and this sounds like an insult, but it's not. I wonder if he is the Paul George to Luca's like Kevin Durant or Luca's LeBron James, where it's like, yeah. Paul George not a bad player. He's like awesome. He's a great player, yeah. but he might not be quite in the Luca tier. But he's still a guy that's capable of being like an MVP caliber player. Yeah, like he can have a season where it's like, oh man, he might be the best player in the league, you know. But right. year after year, you're probably going to want him next to like a Kawhi Leonard. I think that's absolutely. Right. I think that's absolutely fair. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so in this one, I'll start off with this question. Um, the bench only got outscored by five points. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. The Nuggets ran a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 man rotation. 11 man rotation. Yep. Did you like seeing more guys? What did you think no. of the combinations? <laughs> like, what what are your thoughts on like the bench? Because for them to only get outscored by five is is not bad. Uh, Davon rebating minus fourteen in nine minutes is is less than ideal. Like the bench minutes weren't good. I think in part because the stagger issue remains kind of a problem. The bench. I mean, this whole story comes down to the, the start, of the fourth quarter. The Nuggets bench scored two points in six minutes and thirteen seconds. That's a staggering statistic. That's a staggering number that you could go half a quarter and have two points. Have you ever seen a NBA team score four points in a quarter. I don't know if it's happened in the modern era. I'd, I'd be curious to see what the lowest is, and they were on pace for that. So um, that really was the game, and it's funny because you're right. The bench was only a slight minus because they were a positive in the first half, but this is the Detroit Pistons who are missing guys, so their second unit is really their third unit. Similar to Denver, but I'm just saying, you have an 11-win team playing their third unit, and you only yeah. get out four by four. I'm just not sure that's such a win. It worked for tonight. I don't think it's worth complaining about. But it's definitely not one where I look at and I go, man, the bench is really rounding in the form. I'm no. going to look at it and go, Denver survived another bad bench. The only bench player I think that played well, because Bryn Forbes has to shoot well in order for his minutes to be a positive. And even though he wanted to be like a oh, zero, yeah. like he was one of seven from three and one yeah. of four from, or one of seven yeah. from the field and one of four from three. If Bryn's not making shots. And he, and he had a couple like wide open ones that are like, hey, here's why you're here. Yeah. Knock that's, it down. And he didn't. So. There. Um, Demarcus was a minus seven, one of five, right? Like up and down. It was largely just like rebounded. Well, yeah, I thought Zeke Naji was really good. Yep. Uh, well, yep. Especially with shot selection. Like there was that little stretch yep. where Zeke was playing with Jokic and they really got it going. Um, and I feel like that was that, like that was really solid. Um, does it, l- let me ask you this. Does it make you at least, I do. I will say this. It feels very much like the starters are getting a little bit more consistent in terms of somebody's playing well, right? So, like, you know, Monte goes three of fourteen tonight, had a bad night, like forcing it for whatever. Like the hometown stuff just didn't work out for him tonight, you know. Um, just missing shots too that I think he can make. Yeah. I do wonder. I, you're glossing over a lot of stuff here that I feel like ha- at least deserves a few questions. Okay. Should we hit a break and then talk about these ones on the well, other let's side? Let's hit a break and now I want to get like, your thoughts because I am a little bit all over the place with this game in large part just because I'm like, but they won. But I, yeah. there's there's a lot. I of- don't think I don't think there's there's no conclusions we have to hop to, but I do feel like there's questions we can just ask and like put them on the radar for like, Hey, here's a thing I'm now thinking about. For sure. Let's do that when we come back uh, on lock on nuggets. But first I want to tell you about price picks. You know, we've been telling you about price picks for months now on this show. Have you signed up yet? Cause if you haven't, it's the perfect time for a limited time. Price picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you got to use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans only who use code NBA. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA DFS props than any other operator and offer all the star players as well as the bench players. They offer any prop you can think of, from assists, rebounds, threes made, of course, points, all of the stats. You pick two to five players and over-under 
based on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Go to prizepicks.com today or go to the App Store and download the app. Remember, using code NBA will get $50 free if your prize first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day and making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and we're available on all platforms. Adam, I'm going to let you guide the segment. Okay. Where on, on the show that you started and let me come on. Um, wh- where where do you want to go with the, with this game? Well, so you mentioned Monte and he's had a couple of cold shooting nights. I actually think Monte's been fantastic this year. So this is more, this is why I'm saying like, we have to do the show every day. We have to comment in every game. I'm not trying to like stir up controversy or this or that. I'm just saying this is a thing I'm thinking about as I watch him struggle with shots. And that is that he's playing more minutes than he's ever played in his life. And we are now at game mm-hmm. 46, 47. And it's at least fair to say, hey, one question we should all have for Monte coming into this year is, can he handle starters minutes for 82? Because he's never done that before. And now you see two games in a row where I thought he got good looks and he's starting to you know, come up a little bit short. I just like, hmm, I wonder if this is just a two-game sample size slump or if there's maybe something a little bit more there with him looking fatigued. That, that Again, I don't want to sound controversial, but that's just one thing I'm thinking about. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible, right? Like the minutes adjustment, I think, is a lot. I think the up and down nature of, you know, in and then COVID and then out and then injury and then back. And then like, it's yeah. the inconsistency, I think, has been tough for just about everybody. I also think... um I also, you know me, I'm always kind of like, well, NBA players will sometimes have a bad month. Like, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's something that can happen. And uh, if you're, I also, one thing I do kind of wonder, this is a, a tough time of the year for the players because especially it's really the end of this week um, until the All-Star break. You can see the end, like you can see the All-Star break, but you're not quite there. And everybody's like kind of distracted. I'm not saying that it's Monte. Well, Michael Malone mentioned that Michael Malone mentioned that the pregame, he called this the dog days. He said, this is the hard part of the schedule where you have to grind through. So I think there's a lot of validity to that point. What else you want to talk about? So then you go to the bench and you look at this bones. Highland did not have another, you go to the three card lineup. So you have Faku, (laughs) Composito, Bryn Forbes and bones Highland playing small forward again, like just an out of position, you know, whatever. And you know, he wasn't good. He had a couple where he, like, caught the ball and dropped it. I mean, he just looked out of rhythm, a little bit out of sorts. But the Nuggets' second unit did a, well, did, a, did a good job. Like, they were a plus seven. They were winning those minutes. And in the second half, similar to that Utah game, he doesn't play. He gets He's the guy. You said an 11-man ro- rotation. It was in the second half, no bones. So And the second unit went six minutes without scoring or with one bucket. It was a Jeff Green ISO, by the way, is the one bucket they got. Um, and so I just look at that, and I think – to me, it really blows my mind. I mean, you mentioned Zeke Naji coming along. Zeke Naji has 850 total minutes in his career. Bones Highland is on pace for that. I just look at this and I go, are we really, do we really think that the Bones Highland minutes would have been worse than two points in six minutes? Like, I just have such a hard time thinking that they actually is worse than this. Who should, how should the rotation kind of worked out, do you think? Like, what what do you think was the the key where should he have been inserted and how? In the I half? think or what's just really, like somewhere. I think, yeah, I think what's really tough is 
you know, you want a point guard on. I know that's what Mullen's thinking is Nfaku is a point guard. He's going to get you there. But again, you have to look at it and say, why do you want that? To organize the offense? Well, if the offense gets two points in six minutes, it doesn't matter how organized you were. At Agreed. some point, the thing you get from, you know, it makes logical sense that you want that thing, but it's not working. So for me, that's probably where it was. And you're giving it an enormous amount of responsibility saying, hey, we need you to run this team. And by the way, I understand why Mike Malone didn't today. What was the issue in this game? Turnovers. Now, it wasn't Bones Highland's turnovers, but it was turnovers and saying, hey, we're going to take a point guard. We're going to play without a point guard to, to stop our turnover problem. That's a tough sell. But nonetheless, I just I worry we're never going to get there. And tonight was a perfect example of you're playing an awful 11-win team and you only get two points in six minutes. I just don't – I can't get worse. That's just my thing. It can't get worse. And this isn't a knock on Faku again. I have to like make this clear. I'm like, I don't think Faku was the worst guy like today. But that unit, it's just not working out the way. And, and the ball never got into the paint. It rarely even getting good looks. It was some ugly basketball. I think there's two different problems associated here that he's worried about. I think part of it is like the question of we've got to make sure that we can get Joker the ball, and we've got to make sure that we can get the offense into like right. how it needs to run and the ability of, of Faku to make like basic entry passes and those kind of things. But I'm always just kind of like, I mean, they're, they're still, there's just so many sequences where teams just don't pay attention. Yeah. They just, yeah. they just they're, like, they literally like lost him like four times and they just don't care. And they don't, care. Um, you know, and look, if you give him the ball and make him make them pay for it, the way that, you know, Tory Craig would from time to time, that can swing a game. I just think it's, right. I'm kind of with you in that. I don't look at Bones and go, like, he hasn't had stretches where I, I feel like he's been lead ball handler and they've played out of control and crazy. He, he, he right. will, we need he to will do it. it, but not the team. Right, right. I, I agree with this. I like part of me is maybe we don't, maybe he doesn't have it. And I know Malone is worried about falling in standings and this or that. I just look at it and I go, is it really worse? And sometimes with young players, you have to rip off the band aid, you have to throw them in the deep end, and you have to deal with the consequences in the short run. And I don't know, maybe, maybe he's looked at this game and said, hey, this road trip's really tough. Let's win this one. And I can throw him out against Brooklyn. I could throw him out against the Jazz. And I could throw him out against these games we're probably going to lose anyway. I don't know. I really don't know his process, but I just know that. We're more than halfway through the season. And while I never thought Bones was going to be a playoff piece, I just would love to see him get to a thousand minutes this year so that next year you're starting from a thousand minutes, just like with Zeke, where I think Zeke actually has some utility on this team, but he has such a small sample size of minutes that I feel like we're still in that rookie phase of we just have to get over the hump before he really learns what he's about. And I, and I don't like it, especially when it comes when the alternative is two points in six minutes. Will Barton's absence was kind of was was glaring tonight on multiple levels. I think on some level, there's when Barton's out, he can't play small forward, and so they wind up running a lot of the three guard lineups. And it looks, it feels like he wanted to try and stay away from some of that. But I think he did. At the same time, it's like, look, it, you know, that's that's an inherent issue too, though, where. They need wings. They just do. Uh, I do have a theory I'll tell you about in the final segment about possibly what some of this, uh, another reason why the rotation might have shaken out the way it did. But before we get there. Well, I'll tell you. No, I'm going to ask well, you, on, is there anything you else that you want to get to? Okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say on the bones thing, like he was coming off of illness, you know, like in this or that. So maybe there's like, a you know, Malone protecting him right. or something like that. 
Um, I don't know. DeMarcus Cousins, I was just going to say, you know, this is two games now that we've gotten a sample size. And he clearly looks a little bit limited from like, I mean, obviously he's not peak boogie and obviously he's not this, that you're starting to see some of the limitations, but I still feel like he brings something. So even though I think he played bad, I think he had a positive impact. If that uh, Dylan says, uh, bones will never reach potential if Malone gives him the bowl treatment. Well, he's playing Dylan. So he's clearly not getting the bowl treatment. Like, <laughs> he's not getting the full, he's bowl. not getting the he's full, not bones quite the bowl treatment. he's getting, he's, he's just, he's, you know, and look, we talked about like how we expect him. I think that's part of my issue is, if we expect him to lose minutes after the all-star break, then he needs to be playing as much as possible. Now, now is not the time to stop the stop because you're going to shorten the rotation. You're going to tighten it up. I know like you're going to get Jamal back. And even if Jamal's on a minutes restriction for two weeks, you're still going to be playing fewer guys because Jamal is going to soak up 25 minutes of action. Like that's a, a big chunk. Um, why do you think Davon Reed, one struggled so much and why did he play so little tonight? Uh, well, he ended up taking, I think some of the minutes. So I guess the only nine minutes here. Yeah, that's pretty, that's low. I was a little I surprised. Uh, I, yeah, I'm really not sure. I mean, I think part of it was he was on the court for that stretch where they didn't score. So, I mean, that's part the of the run and then, um, for the bad run. And he, and he was also on the part, there was two bad runs in this game. And one of them was the end of the first quarter, which by the way, I don't know if people Ryan Blackburn tweeted out the graphic of the Nuggets's net rating in the first 10 minutes of the first quarter in the final two. And what does that coincide with Jokic coming off the court? Their net rating in the final two minutes of the first quarter is the most staggering statistic you've ever yeah, seen in your life. Like everybody knows the three, the third, the fourth quarter run, which is like usually five, six minutes. But that two minute stretch, the Nuggets really do build like eight point leads almost every single game. And they almost always blow the entire thing in the two minutes Jokic goes to the bench happened again tonight. So. I don't know. I don't really have. I have to go back and pay attention, special attention to uh, Davon Reed. I don't really have any takes. I want. On I wanted to. Uh, I want to make this comment just because it was rattling around my head the last couple of days. Was we t- as we continue to talk about this? Uh, I'm. I will go out on a limb and I have like a very strong opinion on this. This will not. This is only a okay. this year problem. Bench rotations do not hold year over year. If you look at it, there are exceptions of teams that are good year over year but bad benches are never really consistently bad. Like even if you keep the same team, like there will be different guys next yeah. year. Guys will be back. Like yeah. this really is just no a, question. the nuggets got to get through the next 40 games problem. Like there's a really what it is. It's, yeah. And honestly, Matt knock on wood it might be a 20 games yeah. problem. Cause this might, this really does change when Jamal Murray comes back. Cause it's just one guy. You send Monte Morris back to the bench. It's like, okay, you can start to make these combos that make yeah. sense. So I, I agree with you. It's frustrating. It's kind of the Denver Nuggets' lot this season, but it, you're right that it's not like a one. I'm just tired of talking about it. Like, I want things to change just because I'm so tired of talking about the same issue over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you, you got anything else before we get a break and we can hit some uh, tertiary kind of surrounding the team stuff? Jeff Green was Jeff good. Green was Austin really Rivers good. Knocked down two of two. Austin Rivers knocked down two of two three-pointers, which is important and meaningful because him making shots is, is always a huge bonus to the Nuggets. Um, so just those things. Did you like, I like the fact that Austin took four shots, like efficient plus 10 did his job. Uh, one thing with Austin defensively is that Austin will get beat. Like Austin gets beat. That happens. But Austin doesn't get beat because he's not giving enough and he doesn't get beat because he's unable to guard guys. It's always kind of like, no, no, no. Like he made an effort there. The guy just got him. He's not, he's not a lockdown defender 
he's just a willing and solid defender. And I just think that he just, I, I've just continued to be really impressed with Austin and especially with how crazy things he, have been. He, he continues to just impress me with his professionalism. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a, he's a role player and he, he does that. He does defend very well. I, you said that he doesn't like get beat better. So that he had a play tonight. He actually, I've highlighted this on the list where sometimes he just like, he gets frustrated and he'll quit on a play. And he had a play tonight where him and I can't remember who, I think it was Monte. I don't know whose fault it was, but they blew up a switch. Okay. So one of those guys blew it up and he kind of puts his hands up and does this thing. Shot goes up and misses. And his guy who was way behind him, who he was clear at that point was the switch happens late. Monte runs to the corner. His guy goes around him, grabs the offensive rebound and scores. And it's like, you were mad because I think it's Monte screwed up, but then you quit on the play and your guy just walked in for a rebound. So, and I've noticed those with him a little bit. So I'd push back. I don't think it's a huge problem, but he is a guy that sometimes almost pulls a yoke where like his emotions will, he'll get so frustrated that it ends up compounding, but it's just one play tonight. I'll put it on the list. People will see. Okay. Fair enough. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some of the things. Uh, yoke gets an award and I've got some stuff that I'd like to throw throw at you in the final segment. So we'll do that oh, when yeah. we come back on locked on nuggets. But first, I want to talk about Bet Online, who would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue their march into the NFL playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. You can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. Adam, you can do it so fast. Do you know how fast you can sign up for Locked On for 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 Bet Online? You can do it in I don't know, like 13 seconds. Like you can actually get signed up in less than 13. What can anyone do in less than 13 seconds, Adam? I ask you, can you do anything in less than 13 seconds? I can't think of anything you can do in less than 13 seconds. From football, basketball, I encourage everybody to leave one-star reviews. I swear to God, like we got another one. We even got an unsubscriber. So I'm begging you, please go and give this show a one-star review. I am begging. From football. Get us. I mean, it's just like, I, I'm just a man of principle is all I am. So just, I'm begging people, please, for the love of God. From football. Kill the show off. From football, yeah. basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC. I don't know what you're talking about. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for everyone hanging out in the chat on the live show. If you guys want to be a part of the show, go subscribe to YouTube. Hey, we're almost at 1.2 thousand. Was my prediction of 2,000 or my goal? It's actually now. It's within. I, I think we might hit it. Like people have been, we've, small we've really kind of got it. So tell a friend, get them to sign up. Go to your mom's house and and tell her to sign up and subscribe. If we, get there, if we get to 2000, like we have the same odds of getting to 2000 by the all-star break as the Nuggets do of winning the title this year. So not saying there's correlation between those two things, but you know, you never know. The power, the momentum is ours. Um, okay. So before we get to Joker's award, I do want to kind of throw this at you. Uh, I have a reason why the rotation might've looked the way that it did tonight outside of bones coming back from illness and everything else. Let's hear it. Uh, okay, so here's a, here's a preface. I have not checked in with anyone on the Nuggets side on this, in part because typically speaking, uh, their response on these issues, th these questions is, it entirely depends on the deal. We're always open to whatever. We'll do whatever makes the team better. Here's what I will tell you. 
I talked to two different people around the league that believe that the Nuggets are still continuing to be very active in trade talks and that players on the roster, uh, including Baku Campazzo, uh, are being discussed as at least the Nuggets are open to those conversations as the trade deadline approaches. So glad you brought this up. I have heard the same thing recently, once again, from another like non-Nugget source, like from somebody outside. So um, I... And I was a bit surprised by that, to be honest. So, because um, I've just kind of said, okay, they weren't going to make big meal, uh, deals. The Bryn Forbes one sounds right. Um, maybe not. Maybe there is something else. And I'll tell you, when you look at it, I mean, the players, Faku, okay, yeah, he's he could be the one. Jeff Green, Michael Green are the only ones that make sense to me. One, like one or both of those two guys. So you look at it. I love the way Jeff Green has been playing. I would hate for him to be traded personally, but maybe he's maybe he's a guy that just like Denver doesn't have a lot of trade chips. He's one of them. Jeff's weird in that Jeff's probably the most the player that you can move the most. Every team needs a Jeff. And that's the problem is like he's the one that's been good. So you don't want to trade him. But if you're going to make a move, Jeff is the only thing that's going to get you anything back. Right. But tonight, I think is a good example of honestly why I wouldn't trade him unless it was like a clear. Oh, we got like right. we got our seventh man for the next like four seasons. Right. Or whatever. Well, not just to this season, but maybe a long term thing. You would hate to like go all in on a great fit who's an expiring you just it's just scary yeah uh jeff like tonight he he attacked the rim and drew contact on and ones and he hit corner threes like that's that's the epitome of what you want from the jeff green experience right and he's gotten a little i I think it's really funny how he's gotten a little bit better every month like jeff green is just basically kind of like nope it's it's november this is not why i'm here it's six months to the playoffs and then December, like, Oh, Hey, like now I kind of get it. Like it's been really funny watching some Nuggets fans that aren't used to Jeff green experience being like, Oh, Hey, like I, I kind of see why Jeff green is, is, is a useful NBA player. And now we're like, I love Jeff green. I will do anything to defend him. He's I'm in amazing. that last one. I'm in that last group. I really like Jeff green. I really like his game yeah. a lot, man. So I, that's part one for me where I look at and I go, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I really hope he's on the team, but he is the trade chip. I mean, when we say trade chip, by the way, other trade chips include Denver's any assets they have very difficult to trade first rounders. They'd have to like take away protections on previously traded first rounders. Yep. But then also you have bones, Highland, Zeke, Naji, and maybe that that's how you sweeten a deal. So like, does anybody want a Jamichael green? Does anybody want a Faku? Probably not, but will they take a Faku and bones knowing Faku expires in two months? That's the, that's the thing you're hope that if you're trading for an actual valuable piece, that's how you do it. Uh, the bull one, two, three, who's always kind of a pessimist in here. Jeff is good, but how good will he be in the playoffs? Well, he's really good in the playoffs. Like Jeff Green is a certified, really good playoff player. So like he's made deep runs on several teams. Uh, also, like when you talk about, is he good in the playoffs? Like, is he going to make his threes? Is he going to do this? Who knows? I don't, I have no idea. Like I, I would expect yeah. him to make them at the same rate. The thing is, is a team going to be like, there's our mark. We're going to go at him. Nope. That's the thing. That's the difference. Like they're not, a team's game plan is not going to be to exploit Jeff Green and pick and rolls. Yes. Yeah, that's that's very accurate. I don't think you can trade Bones. Zeke's an interesting one, right? Like, I guess, like, here's a significant question. Would you see the Nuggets signing Zeke Naji to an extension or as a restricted free agent to a long-term deal if it meant a significant pay increase? A significant pay increase is the hard part. Like, I don't know what Zeke Naji's market value is right now. That's part of it. Is yeah. I mean, like I said, he only has 850 minutes. I will say he's shooting 51% from three this year. And I think career yep. 
and it's not enough of a sample. So I think we're at like 120, basically three pointers somewhere right around there. So I think you always need to get about 200 threes before you can say like, okay, this is what a guy is. He's not there yet. Uh, I feel pretty confident in his three point shot. I feel pretty confident in his mobility on defense. I think he has a lot. If a team like the thunder had him, I think he would end up getting 2000 minutes between now and next year. And we'd have a much better idea of what he is. We just don't have a, a, a great idea. So I love Zeke Naji, but when you get to this stage, you need surefire things. Zeke trading Zeke might come back to bite you in the ass because he really does have a neat uh, skill set. But if he's not going to play, if he's not going to play a lot of minutes, then maybe that's the trade piece you have to go with. I don't know. Summer's going to be interesting no matter how this year shakes out. Right? And they're, I'm not jumping there, right? Like I've, I've been the one that's been like, I think they can still make a run. Uh, I just think it's going to be very interesting to see this team kind of analyze what went on this year and go like what direction they'll go because they had, they had a very not galaxy brain, but they had a very, they had a high level of confidence. Like they made some um, heat checks. I thought in terms of, we're not going to bring in another point guard. We're going to just like, <laughs> Nope. And I understand why. Right. That was a heat check. That was a heat check. That was a heat check. We're not going to bring in another guard. Uh, and maybe they thought bones Highland would be that guard. I don't know. I know talking to right. Tim Conley, he talked to him a lot about, like, I think he's a better point guard than people realize. And that was true. He's yeah, a and he's a, he, I, he honestly is a good passer. Again, I am with you 100. As as someone that is, I think, the most vociferous Malone defender, I'll say this, like, and I've criticized him this year. Bones needs to play. Like, I just, I don't, I'm pretty critical of rookies. And my problem is Bones gets put in situations where he has to, to hit shots or he can't do anything. And that's a bad look for him because he does a lot of things. Yeah. Like, don't make you, it, don't bring Bones in to hit two threes. I, I, I bring Bones it. in to put pressure on the defense. Right. I 100% agree. He has to dribble. And he's going to make mistakes when he dribbles just because that's how it happens when you dribble. But I love this. You're checkmated between your I don't want to play rookie stance or, you know, you're not usually pro rookie stance and your I'm very anti-Faku stance. And now they're battling with each other and you have to you have to pick a side. It's a... Un, un, unfriendly ally uh, you have to make there. I think... Yeah, um, I think the, the, the more the thing is, if a rookie plays, I tend to think that that's okay. Like, I didn't think that Tyler Hero shouldn't play for the Heat, right? You know, I don't think that... I'm trying to think where... There, there have been guys that have contributed on various, like, contending teams, and I've been like, no, like, they're good enough. You know, like, Jordan Awar has been great for the Bucks. He's been great for the Bucks. He's a second-year player, right? It, it's more a matter of if you look at across the scope of, of the recent NBA, at least with where we've been, typically speaking, you lose the minutes with a rookie on the court. It's, it's yeah, j yeah. just been a thing. It's, it's a strange, yeah. like this yeah, I, part of this is like, I'm, anyway, I'm, that's my, that's my whole point. I'm with you on all of that. George Carl's really convinced. Oh, me yeah. about that. My point is you're losing them horribly. It, it, already. it cannot like, be. Look, I'm with you. You know, like I would be fine with bones being the full-time backup point guard. If you ask yeah. me, like, that's the move. It's just well, like. Could I ask you, I have, I have a, an interesting thought, because I've been thinking about this so much, man, about the point guard situation here. And, and it really stemmed when I was thinking about, okay, the Nuggets could really use a true point guard. And then I was thinking, who is a true point guard around the league? There's not many. Then I got to thinking, the league keeps getting younger and younger and younger, right? And yeah. Michael Malone, and I think he's not alone in this, point guards in particular playing them young you just have to get through so much to get to the good stuff you have to play years I and mean, thousands of minutes before you get to the good stuff unless you're a chris paul type and i'm wondering is this why there aren't good point guards 
Is it because to get a good point guard, you need to give them such a long runway that you you might just be bad for two years? Like it's different. You thought mentioned Tyler mm-hmm. Hero. It's different having a rookie whose job is to run around screens and shoot shots because it's like you don't have to do that. You're going to pick up other things as you go, but the ball's not in your hands to screw up enough for you to make an impact. If you're a point guard, ball's in your hands every single time you dribble up the court. And like Moutier was so bad for so long, they gave him such a long runway. It's like, hey, we'll never do that again. We're never giving a rookie three years to play minutes. I just wonder if that's why there's not more point guards. I think the bigger problem is that the players that are good at that are typically not great shooters. Not bad, just not great shooters. And the league, that curve has gotten so much sharper, right? Like it's not okay for you to be a 34% three-point shooter. If you're, if you're the starting point guard, like you need to be a 37 to 40% three point shooter to start in a backcourt for any NBA team. And if you're honestly, if you're lead back, if you're, if you're the, the backup point guard, you still need to be able, because oftentimes those units actually are more offensively focused, right? You put your worst defenders on the bench. So it's like, you need to be able to run and bomb. And so that, that I think is part of it is that the transition of so many of guards and this this really honestly isn't uh, a Steph Curry thing because it was happening before Steph took it to the next level. Uh, it, yeah, Steph Steph really upped it, though. I mean, he created the mold. Oh, yeah, for sure. He definitely upped it. it. But, you know, and, and look, this also this also changed things. Like, Jamal's talked about this. Like, he was watching Jam- he was watching Steph and patterning himself off of that, right? Where point guards look at themselves as scorers versus, like, Chris Paul wants to be a floor general. And you, you do not have yeah. floor general point guards. That, and that's what I mean. But even Monte Morris was a, a floor general mold. Like when he came in, that's what he was yeah. known for. It's just a turnover. And he slowly evolved more. He still does a good job of point guarding, but he's still more of a pick and roll scorer or playmaker. Like it's it's still like even that he's evolved away from. He hasn't gone towards Chris Paul. He's actually gone a little bit more towards the modern day pick and roll scoring point guard who mm-hmm. hits that mid range. Yeah. So it's just an interesting thing that, I think the league is designed in a way that is not developing point guards because point guards take the longest to develop at this level. And to your point, need so many other auxiliary skills like making threes and everything else. So Joker uh, wins Western Conference play. Go ahead. Okay, go. Uh, that was it. I was, uh, that was it. Uh, Joker wins Western Conference player of the week. That's pretty exciting. Um, I always wonder where he puts those awards. I want to know where he puts the, the, the week and month awards. I, I need to it's ask. It's an award. It's an actual award. No, the month is. The month is, the week isn't. I, I forget it's that. It's not even a plaque or I anything? The, I don't think so. I think the, the month they do. The month ones, they get a plaque. And I've always wanted to know, like, is there just like a room in LeBron's 800 million house where there's just like, it's just like a small closet and he just chucks it in there. It's nothing but a pile of player of the month awards. Um, but yeah, I wonder like, what do you do with a player of the month award? I yeah. always think that that's like an interesting question. But player of the week... Up at the top, the MVP discussion is gonna is gonna get tougher and tougher. But I will say this: I I think we've definitely turned. I don't know when. I there was a national TV game, I think in December, and since then it's been a little bit different. Like we, there's been a turning of the corner nationally. Like he gets more recognition, he gets mentioned more, he gets discussed more. Like there's been a, a some sort of shifting where after winning MVP. And then following up with this season, there does seem to be a, if you're talking about the best players in the league, you got to mention Nikola Jokic. I mean, I think the turning happened because in his last 10 games, he's averaging 28 points, 13 rebounds, nine and a half assists on 
60, 41, 86 shooting. Like, I think it's just that God. he's played so well. It's like the same with Embiid. Like, Embiid's no, it's funny that Yoke and, and Embiid have both just turned a corner, like, hit a switch where every game right now is these insane numbers. And I think that's what it was. He was great the first 10 games. He was really good the rest of the way, this or that. But this, statistically, the numbers he's put up over these last seven games in particular have just been so absurd, so ungodly that you're like, wow. And then on top of that, the Nuggets are starting to win. Um, and, and in the standings now, you're starting to get that separation where it's no longer they're just jumbled up. It's like, oh, look at that. They're tied for fifth right now in the West. Like that's pretty solid, solid marking. Can I ask you? I have to, well, not ask you. I'd like to see Embiid put up the numbers versus a, a decent team in a national yeah. TV spot. I, I, man, you could be, this is how you become the true hero, Matt. Look, I don't want to do, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I think Embiid's fantastic. He's a really good scorer, but somebody said, like, he's on this tear right now, putting up Chris Cray. I mean, at 40 again tonight, 40 something. But somebody told me they had only played one team above 500 in the month of January. And I just was like, what? How did that schedule yeah. break? How, how do you have yeah. a schedule where you play all losing teams? But there you go. Uh, so Dallas loses tonight to yep. the Golden State Warriors. The Nuggets now tied, as you mentioned, in the loss column. Utah continuing to struggle with – they've got Phoenix Man. again tomorrow, and they're without Mitchell and Gobert. Down so that's probably bad. 19 losses. Down bad. So that's probably 19 losses, uh, but Denver does have a tough one on the back-to-back tomorrow. What are your thoughts on tomorrow's game? I mean, Brooklyn's a little bit down bad too right now. I don't, yep. I don't really don't know what to make. I mean, to me, I, my default position is I think the Nuggets should rest some key players tomorrow. Um, Barton was out tonight. Maybe send him out another one. Yoke maybe takes this one off. Like, that's my default position. But the fact that Brooklyn also has a back-to-back and the fact that Brooklyn is just not very healthy right now, you look at that and say, can you get a win? Does that save you? You could rest another time. You could take a different game off. So I don't know. You ask Jokic how he feels, and he probably says he feels fine. Interesting question of like to rest this game. Uh, Brooklyn is a one point favorite tomorrow versus the Denver Nuggets. That's that line opened, by the way, at two and a half and has moved towards Denver. Uh, big <laughs> uh, in the Action Network app, you can actually see where the bets are coming in. And we have a fair amount tracked, and 98% of the money is coming in on Denver. So the Bears I, think that Denver is going to get that one. I'll say this. I don't think it's a one-point game. I don't know who wins, but I don't <laughs> think it's a one-point game. Yeah, it's probably probably not a one-point game. I think it's it'd be good to get a back-to-back game. win. It'd be, good, it'd be good to get a back-to-back win. That'd be, what, three in a row? And you'd really be building on something and put more pressure on Utah. Things are, are – it's been – this has very been inter- this has been very interesting for the last, like, 10 days or so. I've been kind of looking at this and being like – they have to avoid something else bad happening to them. And something bad always seems to happen to them this season. Right. I'm not, that's not me jinxing them. I'm literally like trying to do the opposite, which is I'm like something bad will probably happen because that's how it's been for them. Right. But like, there just seems that we've talked about this, the, the mood, the vibe changed after the Clippers game. Yeah. They've gotten some wins. Yep. There's light on the horizon. The schedule's getting easier. Like, Things are are slowly kind of clicking towards in their favor after a lot went against them in the first three months of the season. I think. I I, I agree. I mean, I don't. I'm not like super optimistic or, or anything at the moment. But um, 
you know, Yoke's playing really well. The guys being back, like Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon both being back. Monte and, you know, Will Barton was out, but presumably not for long. I just, I do think that makes such a big difference. Like this team, when they have their starting five, forget the bench for a second. When they have their starting five, they're better than a 500 team, which is basically what they've been all year. But I think they're better than that. Makes sense. You got anything else before we wrap up? That's all. I saw save some other takes for another time. I had one other thing about Zeke Naji, but let's give it. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's see what happens with Zeke Naji over these coming games. Okay, no pressure, Zeke. Adam, Adam, <laughs> <fortune>. <laughs> <laughs> let's get wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks everybody in the chat. If you guys want to join the chat and the conversation going on, a lot of talk about Miles Turner for some reason. I don't really know why, um, but there's a lot of conversation in the chat. You can go to our YouTube page, subscribe, like, turn on notifications, and you can join the show. We usually record these at night. Uh, in a case like tonight, we're actually not recording after midnight because it's an East Coast game. Oh my god! So, I'm so excited. It's very exciting. Uh, I have to go write a bunch of, of trade rumor stuff, but I'm going to sleep tonight, which is very, very exciting because I got a treadmill and I, I spent a solid hour on the treadmill today and it was awesome. So, yeah, I uh, had, had a built bar afterwards. That's what she do. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you again, guys again tomorrow night after the Brooklyn Nets game here on Locked On Nuggets. Thank you.